Welcome to Band Advice TV, and this is the Matt and Mark About Music Podcast. I am your host, Mark Allen V, and this is my co-host, Matt Mason. How's it going, man? It's going good. What's good, up? Good. Oh, geez, staying busy, staying busy, but uh, you know, keeping it real and carving out time to do the thing I love, and that's music. So, how do you write a song anyway? Well, I don't know. I'm just kind of play play C, G, and D, and then come up with something. <laughs> no, I mean songwriting. Jeez, gosh. It, Think about your think about your your songs that people respond to the most, and just to kind of explain how they how they you wrote it, just in the in a nutshell. Um, so, when I write songs, it, it usually just comes out of a quick inspiration. I don't sit down and say I'm going to write this song, write that song. So, uh, a lot of times it's just I'll be messing around, do noodling on the guitar, or uh, just. Doing whatever. Should then, you be doing your homework when you're doing this? I should be, but it doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> uh, I don't ever... There, there was a time when I would set out to try to write a song that sounded like another song. Right. And then I just kind of like, that's just that's just not cool. It's not that it's not cool, but you, you run into a real sticky situation where you may be plagiarizing ever so slightly. And in today's world, when they will... If you have two notes that are touching, they'll they'll call it out on you. So, but usually we'll start off with I'm just you know strumming some chords and depending on what mood I'm in, I'll maybe hum a melody or just some lyrics will pop in my head and I'll build off of that, and uh, get about halfway through it and then wait another two or three years to finish it off. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have tons of songs that I'm just waiting for that perfect one line in there, and it's usually not even in the chorus. It's like I just want this verse to say this, and I can't figure out how to do it. And so, and so where does that inspiration come from? Those one line that finishes it all up, ties it all together. Where does that come from? Gosh, a lot of times it's just uh, I force myself to do it. Other times it's just rewriting the line before it. That's that's actually been the most successful. The recent song I wrote that I, I debuted today in church, uh, I had written everything except I needed that one line to tie it all together, and it just I couldn't find it, couldn't find it, and I just ended up messing around and, and rewrote the line before it and it's like oh right there it is it all came together and so awesome. you know you start going down one path it's like yeah try another path and sometimes that finishes it off so yeah yeah how about yourself well it starts sometimes with a line of lyrics mm -hmm. sometimes it starts with a poem that i've just written down mm -hmm. i have no idea what the music is going to be it's just i got this thought or this feeling i want to get it down on paper before i forget it um, sometimes it's, Hey, I've got this really cool guitar riff or chord changes. Let me try to like flesh this out to where it sounds like something and then see where I can drop in some good poignant lyrics mm -hmm. or something, you know, and it's just, man, you know, there, there's just no hard or fast way. And I, you read about all these guys that, Oh, I'm a professional songwriter. I'm like, <laughs> well does that mean you show up clock in at eight o'clock and then you write songs till five o'clock a lot of times home? yeah nashville especially. i guess that is how it works mm -hmm. you know and so that's a foreign concept to me you know i've just got always got a little catalog of riffs of mm -hmm. riffs lyrics parts of lyrics parts of song you know just writer's block is never the problem the problem is getting it all together where it looks like one puzzle instead of oh sure, sure. four puzzles you know right. the bridge fitting in where it needs yeah. to well remember so. like when i was fin trying to finish between the night remember that oh yeah yeah and like all it took <laughs> was that one little hook that you yeah, came up with yeah, you were working on it and i, I think you went off to get something because you're in the other room of the studio 
And I just started doing it, and you're like, I could hear from the other room, and you're like, that's it! Right there, that is it! Yeah. It's excited, and we finished it off. Man, and that song served us really well. We played that on television numbers numerous times. It was on the compilation record that came out, you know, right after the album came out. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I've just gotten a lot of real positive feedback out of that song, you know? And and I don't think it would have been quite as good, or it may not have ever been finished, had it not been for, you know, just, hey... (laughs) <laughs> you know, just uh, like that. By the way, did you send the royalty check to my old address or this one? Because I haven't got it yet. Uh, well, you yeah. got to actually make money on it first. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the key. I saw a picture. <laughs> guy got a, a check for a penny, and they, they they he's like, I can't believe they spent forty nine cents to send me this yeah. check for a penny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that happens, right? <laughs> yeah, it happens. Now, well, when that's, we that's did, really truck- great though, because when you did. Uh, when you did record those and, and when you played them live and some, I think you even played that, you played that on TV one time. Yeah. It's just like, I was like. More than once. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, I helped write that song. That's yeah. cool. You we know? played that on Ben Sumner. We played it on uh, uh, KTUL the last time, mm-hmm. the couple time, couple times ago when we were up there. Right. Um, you know, I played Truck Stop Sinatra. I played that, that on fun. Man Cow. That was a fun one to to write. Yeah, now that just, took a little longer because we were kind of like, all right, we love BJ and the Bear. We want to <laughs> make a truck driving country song kind of like this. Yeah, because you came up with the idea. You wanted to. You came up with the truck stop to Sinatra concept. You know, the guy singing on the CB. It's mm-hmm. like, all oh, right, and we started talking about going to the Dixie Truck Stop. And yeah, places because you know we've both done a lot of our fair share of road trips. So it's yeah. like, what are the iconic areas that you would a trucker would go to and. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was a fun one to write too. That was cool, and I'm telling you, man, I get I play that. You know, I still play it now. Nice, nice. Uh, and you know, people seem to really dig it. They yeah. they they respond to it in a positive way, in a good way, and so you know, those are some of the ones that stick with people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what every songwriter hopes that everything you writes like that, but it just isn't. It just isn't like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, for every country roads, there's you know something that's not as well known right and you know it's timing is everything you know like they say location location well, timing is equally yeah. you know, would country roads have been any popular if it came out six months earlier or six months later hard to say what was the climate at the time what what other songs are going out at that time and you know what's happening in the world so that yeah. it changes everything but yeah when you uh there is something really special though when when you play your song and uh somebody responds to it and tells you how much it likes or how it touches them, how it moves them. You know, Good to Be Alive, that one that I wrote back, uh, gosh, when we first started playing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it, was, <laughs> it was one of those uh, spring days, you know, one of the first really nice Saturdays. Oh, it yeah. It gets up to about 65, 70 degrees. And, you know, we had uh, played a gig the night before, and I just I went outside. I wanted to enjoy the outside. I sat on the hood of my car, started strumming this thing, and, pretty much wrote the whole song right there. And I remember somebody yelling from the, the sixth floor, what are you doing? I'm writing a song. Cool, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and we ended up playing it the next week. And yeah. uh, so I that, I finally got around to, you know, I kind of let it sit for a while after after we left college and all. But about four or five years later, I got a call from our buddy Mike Ward. Hadn't spoken to him in four or five years. He called my parents' house, got my phone number, called me while I was out and about, and he goes, Fearthaler. Help me remember the words of your song. I got to this point and this point, and it's like, okay, I'm trying to remember the words of my song. <laughs> and I told him right there, okay, thanks. Good talking to you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. Yeah. He remembered it. He liked it that much. It's like, okay, one of these days I got to record it. So I finally got around to doing that last year. And it's just, it's a, 
that's that is one of my favorite songs and uh, a lot of times when i do write a tune i'll get to that point where i'm stuck and you, you work on it work on it and all of a sudden it, it it loses its flair it, it it doesn't even, i don't know it's it's I lose my enthusiasm in it. What was really cool and was attracting me to what I was creating at the time, suddenly it's like, eh, eh, you know? Right. Just like when you listen to a song over and over again, it kind of gets, eh, from time to time. Well, I don't so, know, man. There's some of them that I could listen to forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's enduring, you know, the melodies just, you know, just stir a range mm-hmm. of emotions in you. They're just, just undeniable. So what is your tools for songwriting? Do you, uh, you just sit down at a four track use your your smartphone or man i mean a lot of times like the simpler the better Mm -hmm. you know back in the days when they made cassette players where you could plug in like a microphone into the cassette player i just had one of those set up on top of a practice amp in my living room and Mm -hmm. so whenever i got good and ready i'd go over there and just start bashing something out and hit play and record and so there's stacks of tapes that exist of I mean, it's a kick to go back and listen to those because you just forget about these great ideas you had or whatever. Uh huh. So I start like something like that, or you know, maybe I'm someplace and I just have a thought or I hear something or just something just you know clicks. You know, like just a few lines I can think of, or like that one from Sweet Euphoria where it's like caught in the act of trying to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And that but that came from a line in a book. And it was a book about the 101 Ranch. 101 Ranch. It was a huge ranch out in western Oklahoma that uh, they had a Wild West show. Okay. And so, I mean, it was three brothers, the Miller brothers, had this Wild West show. And this book was written by Michael Wallace. He's a well-known Oklahoma author. He's written biographies of Frank Phillips and mm-hmm. Davy Crockett. And he was the voice of one of the characters in Cars and... You know, he's just a real interesting author. I love to read his stuff. And it was like this real heavy, you know, part in the book where it was like, okay, they were, you know, they had 100 head of livestock. They had, you know, uh, 30 actors, uh, you know, uh, 30 natives, all. uh, And they're taking this thing across all over the world in Mm -hmm. like, you know, the late 1800s. And and, I mean, the trouble they had to go through. And this, I mean, it was just real heavy heavy part of the book and then right in there it was like caught in the act of trying to be yourself it was like man that just that hit, <laughs> hit me right then and so i just went went from from there you know mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a i don't know i read a lot i listen to a lot of talk and just try to listen for songs on yeah. the wind you know i mean they're out there if you know how to listen for them that's true so i was just looking at my phone i use my phone to dictate all my song ideas uh, I have over nine years worth of ideas on this thing. Yeah. Now, some of them have turned into songs. Others are just little, sometimes it's just like, here's a 41-second idea. So, obviously, what tends to happen a lot of times is, you know, before going to work and I need to, I need a five-minute break from my kids, I'll go lock myself in my room and I'll just start strumming on the guitar and then all of a sudden I'll start humming a melody. It's like, get the phone, come back to it later. And like I said, I'll, I'll go back. I did this just the other day, started going through and listening to these things. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of really good ideas on it. So I've instructed my family that if something were to ever happen to me, get this stuff, get it to Matt or somebody that can do something with it. So mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, man. I don't do hack the, my phone for it. I do the same. <laughs> I do the same thing. You know, when I get after the cassette era yeah. kind of went with the wayside, I've got 
you know, I have two of my old phones that are full of stuff. Oh, wow. And so then, of course, dump this all one's, that stuff together. Again. Yeah, this one's got plenty of it. And so just you go back in there and you're like, hey, you know, if somebody said to me tomorrow, let's do a hard rock album. Here's yeah. 10 of the best hard rock riffs. Let's start here. Yeah. Somebody said, hey, let's do a country record. Here's 10, of, you know. And, and so it's like you just keep on going. Keep those juices flowing. Just catch them in the, just the right mood, just the right mm-hmm. vibe. And so that's what I try to do on the phone now is like, you're going down the road, hit that voice recorder. Hey, I got this idea, and it goes like this, da 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 whatever yep, it is, yep. you know? And then you get home, and you try to copy it on the guitar, and you end up somewhere completely different. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, it's just... You know, I'll start singing something in the car and go home and then try to figure out the key it is, and it's like, okay, I'm in the key of H flat, and that's obviously <laughs> not going to work, so... <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it sounds like we, we do a lot of the same stuff. Now, do you ever... Like when you're working on your solos and stuff, construct your solos, actually try to, to compose them as opposed oh, to yeah. improvising them? Oh, yeah. Do you kind of like build motifs and work around those? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like you get out of the city. I remember sitting there out on my porch in July in the summertime, and I was just like, I was kind of stuck because we'd been playing that song for a long time with just me playing the, the chords behind, you know, that was when we had Jay on keys and stuff. So he kind of f- filled in the leads and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so... I was like, man, I need a really good solo for this recording. And so I I just sat out there on the porch one one July night, and I just listened to the woods. And I was like, you know, you listen to the crickets, and mm-hmm. you listen to the frogs, and you listen to the whippoorwills, and you listen to the owls, and you listen to the wind, and you listen to the cars. And it's like, let me just try to play this on my guitar, you know? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's it sounds so goofy and stupid, but, man, I'm it's telling you. It's nature's original music, You've got to have that childlike curiosity mm-hmm. and just... You've got to have that, or else everything sounds really forced and really like mm-hmm. it's stressful. If you just have that, you know, kind of mindset, then you come up with something like that. And so I played that for a while, you know, and then when we recorded it, we had uh, Jesse Acock come in and he played uh, lap steel on mm-hmm. it. And, you know, Ace mixed that all together where it's just, it sounded like an orchestra, you know. Nice. And, and I mean, you know, it's like a, it's an epic piece in the middle, you know, and so. I've heard it described to me where, like, you know, you write in, in movements, you know, like this movement mm-hmm. is this song, part of the song, and then all of a sudden you're over here in this whole nother thing, and then a whole nother, you know, it's like, I guess maybe that might be something that I kept from my classical training was, you know, it's it's a different part of the song than the lyrics and the chorus and mm-hmm. the verses and stuff. And, like, you know, there's the charm in just improvising solos, but, you know, like your Randy Rhodes, your Zach Wilde, your, you know, people like that, they they kind of composed a lot of that. Right, right. So when you go out and play Crazy Train, the listener is expecting to hear you exactly. and your take on what Randy put down. Right. Not look at me jack off on F-sharp mind. Right. They're, they're waiting for that trill at the top. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for the tapping at the beginning. They're waiting for that bend. They're wait, they're, then they're going to judge you. And on, there's certain solos that you yeah. have to. Right. If you're going to cover them, you have to do it like that. Because yeah. it's... it's well, just like the the organ part on "Water Shade of Pale," you got to play it that way. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not the song. Now, know, like so. something like "Crossroads," right? Okay, I learned it by listening to "One More from the Road" by Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. I learned it note for note. Then I heard "Wheels of Fire" by Cream, mm-hmm. and I was like, "My gosh, this is just those guys copying Eric Clapton." Right. So my version is kind of a smash up between yeah. that, both those versions. Sure. You know. Sure. And, kind of like well i've played it so many years and so many different times it's like now i'm kind of like 
now I can just spin it in my own way. Yeah, yeah. Bit, you know, and so that that's different than, you know, a composed solo. Like, Get Out of the City's composed, Sunshine Smile's composed, Tail Wags the Dog is composed. Uh, you know, my original music, a lot of it tends to be composed. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just... Like I said, what is it? Is right. it a sound? Is it a feeling? Is it a tone? Is it a lick? Is it, you know, I always like to try to speak through my music. You right, know? right. I don't want to just play a sheet a sheet of notes just to play a sheet of notes. Right. I want to say something with my music too, you know. That's the great thing about playing guitar is that you can do that. So you can make that guitar sing. So Well, I just feel like as I've gotten older, man, I've just kind of become a little bit more in touch with my emotional side. I know that sounds, you know weird but you'll be guest starring on the view next week no <laughs> hey you know whatever how much nothing money against they got. our view followers how much money so. they got you <laughs> yeah, know whatever <laughs> but no seriously it's like you you sort of like understand what you're feeling oh absolutely are. yeah you get it you're more connected you're right. more like you understand and now like you know all these years later it just takes a while to be able to take that understand that and then put it out there with this instrument that you didn't grow up learning how to play and knew how to do it all at once you right. had to learn how to do it in a, yeah. in a while, and a lot of trial and error, and a lot of like you know, whatever. So and the way you learn it, and the style that you're learning, it changes as you change. As totally. Well. So it's totally like, does. You know, the way I look at the guitar, it's a lot different than 30, 40 years ago. So absolutely sure. is, man. I look at some of the stuff, and I don't even know who it is playing, but it's me, <laughs> and I'm like, really, that doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> Do you ever get into those situations where you'll you'll play something, you like, I know I wrote this, but you can't really remember how you wrote it and what brought it about mm-hmm. you know some of those those classical guitar pieces i wrote that we used in my wedding and stuff it's like virthaler sonata number one's no, one of them it's like i remember writing this it was several years before i met my wife to be and uh, it's like i remember writing it played it quite a bit then stopped playing it and then when i was starting to work on the music for our wedding i, I remembered it it's like i started playing it again it's like wow yes i did write this i do remember this but I don't really remember how I did it and why I did it and what frame of mind I was in. It's just one of those things that's just there. So. It's magic, man. That's yeah. the magic. Yeah. And all those cliches about catching lightning in a bottle, I believe it. Sure. It's true. Sure. It's very true. You know, sometimes you feel real inspired and other times it's just like you're just looking for the light somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's supposed to be that way. You just can't force it. You know, you just, I, I can never go, hey, I'll meet you Thursday at 12 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Let's write a song that right. sounds like this or that or whatever how many all-nighters did we spend at the studio back in the day and and hey let's write a song let's do this and came out of there with nothing and then one day just boom hey there's i know man we're uh what was the one that you and i wrote for ourselves legends in our minds (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we when we were gigging together uh and uh we we wanted to kind of have a a theme song for us so we just wrote this little song uh, well, you may not know our name, but we're sure damn glad you came. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've Stand up, to, sing along, and something like that. I was trying like to remember stuff like that. The, we're two ordinary guys. Something, something nice. I don't know. Uh, but That'll be in le- the box set. Yeah. We're legends in our minds, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Two ordinary guys, but we're legends in our minds. You, But you probably knew that all along. Something right. like that. <laughs> yeah. Great lyrics, right? Yeah, man, those lyrics are bottles good. of what did we drink for that? Oh, right? well, you know, we had a Jim Beam coming in in, the, in a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, good times. So I, I saw this guy, a YouTube video, and he's talking about motifs and how uh, I guess he was went to school to learn classical composition and stuff like that. And, and he was showing this technique where you take a motif and then the next 
bar or two, you, you reverse it. And then the, you invert it here, and then you reverse and invert it here. Now you got these four different variations on this motif, and I, I don't know the actual names of them right now. But he said that his... Uh, his teacher said that if you can master this, that you could shit out music all day long. Yeah. And it's, it, it makes a good point. And it's like, so i kind of taken that approach, especially with when I'm writing my guitar solos. A lot of times I'll look for the motif in the in the, um, the chorus, if it's a really good, strong chorus, melody. Now, I don't like duplicating the chorus. I will in certain situations, like when we're playing in church and things, if that's what it calls for. But I'll maybe start with that motif and then start reversing things and working it back and forth and then adding fills in between there that's how i kind of construct some of my solos mm -hmm. and it, it seems to work out pretty well for me because i'm not a shredder and uh don't really want to be there's no no real market for a shredder these days so <laughs> there is but man i mean you know it's like people put a lot of pressure on themselves just to be the fastest guitarist right and you know what your average listener they don't know the difference yep. fast is fast yep and you know it's like i think that fast is one it's one technique mm -hmm. one it's not everything right but you'll see you know it's usually i've taught enough of these 14 year old boys who they want to shred like you should learn how to tune it and learn how to play a d chord first <laughs> yes and yeah. learn scales first because right. it's not just random notes that's what i thought it was was just random notes yeah. at first on jazz maybe but it's, <laughs> yeah it's it's scales and so you know, I try to teach them musicality first. Mm -hmm. Serve the song, serve the song, serve the song. You will remember Midnight Rider 100 years from now. You will not remember the mystical potato head groove thing. Nice. Okay? <laughs> Simple. Yeah. And, like, if you're lost for a melody playing a solo, think about the singer. Pretend mm -hmm. you're Greg Allman, but you do it on a guitar. Right. Pretend you're Ray Charles doing it on a guitar. You know, and so it's a good starting point. Yeah, between those like little techniques, you know, I mean, creativity can flow a lot smoother and a lot easier if you try to just force it and mm -hmm. try to be. Oh, I want to be Michael Shanker. Well, there already is one Michael Shanker. Right. There's already one Pat Travers. You got to be yourself. You know, and that's it takes a while to get to that point where you're accepting of that. You know, and you understand that hey, there's already one of my hero. What am I doing trying to copy him? It's right. not going to serve me any benefits if I'm just like another half-assed Eddie Van Halen ripoff. There's millions of them, and where mm -hmm. do they get? Nowhere. Right. Most of them. Yeah. And I, I also heard a quote one time, and uh, it said something to the effect of, music is the silence between the notes. Absolutely. You know, and, and even in art, when you're doing graphic design and things like that it's the strategic use of white space mm -hmm. is a lot of times what, what creates your composition and makes man it i'm that that lesson got taught to me real loud and clear when i started playing the bass you know it's like you're playing yeah you're playing the notes mm -hmm. but you're also playing the space between the right, notes. right and it's illustrated really simply like think about just a one note groove how many ways can you play one note I mean, you can play. You can play. You can play any number of ways, and it's up to you to decide and understand and feel mm -hmm. what's best for this song. Mm -hmm. Hey, we really want the vocalist to be heard in this section of the song. I want to play this back. Right now, when we get to the chorus, now we're really driving it. So now I can maybe play twice what I'm playing in sure. the verses. Now, in the solo, I'm really going to be playing with the ride cymbal and the kick drum in the solo, and we want to boost this up so the soloist has a big old saddle to sit on, mm -hmm. you know? And feel is the toughest thing to learn, you know, but uh, just playing bass is where it really kind of started to 
manifest itself and i understood what people meant you right. know when they say oh he's got great feel i was like oh whatever <laughs> yeah well it's, you know sometimes ending the note before you think it would end you know i was noticing yeah. when i was recording that demo the other day i pulled out the bass and it's like i just wanted simple simple one notes in there because mm -hmm. it's just a real simple laid back uh guitar groove and it's like well i don't have to play it for the entire time before i change the other i can actually let it stop a couple of yeah. couple nanoseconds. Then Duration of notes. Duration of notes, yeah. And it, it changed the feel just doing that. Totally. Because like, you know, I'm not a bass player. I, I know how to play it, but just I'm not a bass player. So well, learning but, that right there has just kind of opened up my eyes a little bit more, just that little technique. I've worked with some of, I believe, to be the world's most accomplished bass players. You've had some good guys. And so. they taught me a lot about feel, about groove, about placement of notes, about duration of notes, about... When in doubt, lay it out. I mean, just, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. those are things that, like, are musicality. And really, when you get down to it, the bass, they've got a really important job. Mm -hmm. And people try to dismiss the bass as a stupid idiot's instrument. That is furthest no, from the truth. Not at all. You've got to have a different level of musicality mm -hmm. because you're working with four crayons as opposed to six. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that and is true. you're not going to be able to use those four crayons quite as fast as you can use the six right. crayons. And you're not a lead instrument, but you are definitely leading. Right. So that's exactly. Yeah. When the bass says it's G, it's G. It better be G, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you try to get that, uh, say it's F sharp, it's not going to work. No. The bass no. says it's G. Exactly. The bass player runs the room, runs the show, runs the groove. And if the mm -hmm. bass playing sucks, it's not going to be listenable. No, that is true. We've I think we've all had experiences when the bass players hit the wrong note, and you're just like, Ugh. you and know. A lot of times with the guitar, it's just, you can kind of fudge it a little bit, mm -hmm. but because uh, you know some chords carry the same notes, so it'll sound all right. But when the bass player hits the wrong note, yeah, yeah, and and it's <laughs> like you know you feel it. You don't mm -hmm. necessarily consciously hear it, but you it's feel there, it, and it's there loudly. So, yeah, and yeah. people don't necessarily know. They don't necessarily know that oh the bass plan's off. What they know is it makes me. It doesn't make me feel good like right. this other song or this mm -hmm. other person who plays the same song makes me feel. But it's just, it's a subconscious thing. That's mm -hmm. what I've been able to figure out. So you don't think you'd want to go to Nashville and be a songwriter for hire, get locked in a cubicle with two or three other songwriters? and I don't know, man. I mean... Five days a week? I think that, you know... And shit out music? <laughs> I think that's how it starts to become a little too formulaic, you right. know? Oh, hey, you know, is. one our competing label has this song, this artist kind of like this. Let's try to do that. Right. And, you know, that's not what this was all no. created for. It was created for artistic expression. And I'm a, you know, I'm a free spirit. I'm, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I just don't think I would do very good in a situation like that. Although, the, you know, the steady income would be nice. I just don't think I would really want to pursue that, really. You know? No, me neither. I'd much rather just sit down with you and crank out a song once in a while and yeah man we ought to write some more stuff well we soon. definitely got to do that so i just gotta send the family on more vacations i think <laughs> yeah right <laughs> now i'm definitely gonna start carving out some time got to get these videos going got to start writing some music together again man your to-do even... list is as long as mine i guarantee you <laughs> <laughs> yeah We're, we we know how it's like it's you know there's this whole thing i've, I've been kind of pondering and hypothesizing about it's there's a lot of talk about the work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Problem is, is that it's not just A and B. It's not just work, and then life is all the fun stuff you want to do because life, often that part of it, is just as busy. So there's actually three phases. So you got work, life, 
and then whatever your joy is, what your passion is, what, what your dreams are. So it's, it's those three things there and trying to balance all three of them sometimes it becomes even more difficult. Cause you know, it's like I was telling you the other day too. It's just, I had a day off of work, but I worked harder doing yeah. just stuff for running errands and all this other stuff. Yeah. Than I did when I was sitting on my tail in a cubicle. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. You know? So yeah, you're just trying to balance all that kind of stuff. So there well, you go. A little yeah. philosophical lesson to go with your songwriting. Uh, so maybe one of our next topics should be time management. Oh, absolutely. One I think it should be. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the other thing I was noticing too. And I, I did have like an hour and a half. And it was on the 4th of July that I had to cut this demo for the, the band to play at church today. So I sat down an hour and a half. It's like, okay, I just put together a quick little drum track through garage band and, uh, you know, laid down the bass line, laid down a couple of strumming of the acoustic guitars and watching the clock, watching the clock. It's like, okay, I'll just lay down the vocals and then got it all done. It's like, I am not happy with any of this. I rushed the guitars too much. The bass could have been better. The vocals were less than stellar. <laughs> but you, you can't just cram this stuff into into an hour, an hour and a half session like we talked about earlier. So, yeah. so, so time management is definitely the key on that, too. Absolutely. All right. That sounds like a good topic for a future uh, episode. I believe it should be. I Absolutely. believe it should be. So, but until then, I mean, good ideas on songwriting and solo writing and, you know, got to write what you feel, you know. Bob Dylan wrote a lot of songs based on what he thought and felt, and it worked out pretty well for him. Man, so. here's the thing. It's like, you know, when I realized the power of music, mm -hmm. when I realized that maybe sometimes I wasn't very good at communicating what I felt and what I thought, mm -hmm. and I could do it at 120 decibels, <laughs> that's when it became, like, necessary for me to do this, you know? Yep. yep. It's like, it's, it's so liberating to go, man, I'm having trouble communicating to people, but... I can get my point across mm -hmm. through my music, and I can do that easier than I can talking to him. Yeah, it's you know it's very, very soothing too. I wrote a song a couple months ago, you know, dealing with the whole thing with my dad stuff. It's based totally about that thing. It's like it's one of my favorite songs. Maybe two or three people out there in the world will, will get it and understand it, but it's going to be Dude, one of the ones many, I'm going to record. How many people in the world have a dad? Yeah. Everybody's got sure, a dad, sure. And so they so, can all relate to that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're gonna. It'll be one of the ones we'll do in one of those uh, live sessions. So awesome! Soon. That yeah. sounds cool, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. Get that fired up! I want to see. I, wanna uh, check I it need out. to. I need to. Gotta, gotta just start picking out. Uh, probably a Friday night, I think. If a Friday night about nine o'clock, and I'll just put the put the cameras on and get the recording plus tax, get the recording equipment fired up and just run through a couple of takes till it sounds good, and then I'll throw it out there on uh, Spotify and iTunes and you guys get the nice and y'all can steal it to your heart's content. <laughs> <laughs> Stream it. I get like still getting some streams off of the, the Christmas time blues if you can believe it. Nice. I made like five cents on it last month. Woo -hoo! That was what for like fifty thousand streams or something. Uh, no, it wasn't too much. Uh, the difference because it's on all the different services. So I'll get I got something from like a couple pennies from Facebook, got a couple cents from here and there, and it's just a numbers game, you know. The more yeah. stuff you have out there, more content, content, right? That's what we're working on. Awesome. All right. Well, until next time, this is uh, Matt and Mark's About Music podcast. I am the Mark half of that, and this is Matt. the Matt half of it. So be good. Right to your heart's content. Peace.